Welcome back. L.A. Aiko here, Trade Talk with a Hedge Fund Insider. We have Charlie Meaden back again from Gembot AI. It is exciting uh, things going on in the market this past week. We have a few episodes coming out. But most of all, because I have not been the most crypto pro-crypto person, I think it is great to have a person who has uh, a more, I would say, uh, objective view uh, with no real bias. I have too much bias. So I, I think that this is a great episode to get a clean opinion. As most people know, I was very short crypto. Um, and Charlie is here because he has been looking at this from a very objective point of view where he's seeing that uh, there could be a lot of opportunities due to this banking crisis. Uh, I don't want to say too much of what we talked about. Obviously, Charlie should be the one presenting his full thesis. But the but to get an understanding of what we're really talking about in this week and in this episode is that, you know, we have a looming recession coming at any point. It could be this month. It could be next month. There's so many things that are happening in the economy, and some of them you can't see that it's going to happen. As we've said in prior episodes by myself, with Charlie, with other guests, the thing that gets you or the thing that triggers the recession is not going to be something you can see. You had these bank failures that pretty much came at the tail end of a week and a half ago um, to cause very unprecedented action by the Treasury and the Federal Reserve to get backstops into the banking system and, and uh, shore things up. Very unexpected. So it's just like that's how it's always going to happen when you get into a recessionary sort of situation. Um, but we want to kind of speak about how this all plays into equities, debt instruments, because as of tonight, which is Sunday, there's a key thing that just happened with Credit Suisse's bonds. Bondholders were just told you can get a zero, which is crazy. Um, all of these things are swirling in the air as we have looming recession. So I want you all to welcome Charlie. Thank you for coming back, man. How's it going? Let me understand what you're thinking. Put it on me. Okay, so this isn't, yeah, this is definitely not a bullish kind of call towards Bitcoin, but I think what this is, uh, seems to be, at least from a memetic perspective, is potentially that people to crypto based on a few influences, of course, calling out some interesting trades and really calling out the US dollar as being trash. And in a sense, it's a lot of these Bitcoin maximalists that this is what they were calling for. They were calling for this kind of situation where your bank is not your friend, your bank is ripping you off, uh, your bank is taking risk on your behalf without you knowing. Uh, and that's exactly what we saw with the SVB perspective. Um, and this is now what's happening with the re other regional banks, but not necessarily because the banks are bad yet, but obviously because there's an expectation that they're going to have issues. So people have been obviously uh, pulling funds. And then, of course, we've seen a bunch of a bunch of these uh, banks go under. We benefited um, extremely well from this uh, happening. And our Australian uh, banking and New Zealand banking shorts have played off very nicely um, because of that. But what we're seeing is, is we're seeing kind of, you know, Bitcoin is almost like a religion and in times of recession and times of kind of uncertainty and kind of depression, you get uh, growth in religions. Like, you know, if you kind of go and look online, you can observe that uh, although it's not 
the best data set in the world, you can kind of sit, you can kind of rationalize that, you know, these institutions actually naturally have a growth cycles during hard times because people need something to believe in and uh, people all of a sudden feel safer in crypto or at least Bitcoin itself. Yeah, I, I, I get where you're coming from um, to that regard. You know, but where, and, I, and I, I'm pushing back a bit here because, you know, I had, you know, a pretty staunch position, but I push back here is that, okay, you want to run into bit, uh, Bitcoin. You're seeing that Bitcoin is going to be, is going to uh, be squeezing up in its price. Like, I mean, we're almost at 30,000. It definitely had a great weekend, but who's to say you just don't get a rug pull. I'm expecting the rug pull. Absolutely. There's going to be a rug pull. Um, and what I'm getting, the trade I'm taking for the next 90 days is, you know what? it might squeeze up to 38 to 42 K and I'm going to take some out of the money options using an ETF. And I'm going to, I'm going to look at how I can place the trade, put, put it on for 90 days, put it in the bottom drawer and forget about it. Um, and I will also, you know, be then uh, conversely taking the other side of that trade. Uh, once I monetize this squeeze, uh, I'll then be switching short because I'm objective about this. Uh, I'm just looking at it from, you know, I agree with you. Uh, I would never want to hold the actual thing, long or short, but using options to get exposure is kind of uh, how I'm seeing it. I'm seeing it as an outlier, and I and I don't really want to go into too many other ideas in terms of uh, outliers. But you know, it's this it's the sense of something that shouldn't happen or won't happen, right? Where the mm -hmm. where the market says that it shouldn't or won't happen, uh, but then there's some sort of catalyst that basically pushes something over the edge. It could be also all of a sudden their balance sheets and their solvency comes into question and then everything changes. So I think there's a lot of opportunity to run those trades this year. I think you're going to get next six to 12 months, you're going to get an abundance of opportunity. And um, that's kind of, that's my kind of sense on this, uh, this Bitcoin trade. But if you look at Bitcoin and gold, they're both getting a bid right now uh, as people are kind of freaking out about, you know, uh, this whole situation. And then you've got the, um, you know, you've got this kind of uh, most likely a recession in the next four months. And the Fed's probably doing its last rate hike this week, but potentially won't even do it this week. They might not have the conviction to actually go and do it after what's happened to these banks. Yeah, I, I, I agree with there. And I'm a bearish person. But I've been very cautious um, going forward. And that was one of the main reasons, you know, I haven't just put out a bunch of material episode wise. I, I don't want to, you know, I like my win streak is a better way to say it. So I don't want to put my my um, my money uh, where I don't fully believe that those actions would probably transpire. I, I do think that they're going to slow down. Um, I, I don't think everything just comes to a halt and then we just start quantitative easing. You know, a lot of people very much believe, especially in our, in our, um, in our colleague group, a lot of people believe that's what the, the next step is. And I get it. That's a logical, you know, kind of path to uh, path to destruction, so to speak. However, um, I don't think that's the case uh, much to uh, Nate from the financial studies. He was saying that this could be just a means of actually, doing further uh rate hikes because you're stabilizing everything only to 
you know, hike it up again. But you, you also, when we were having our conversation, you were speaking a lot about that maybe this is the thing, that this banking crisis, maybe it was the thing to kind of uh, reposition wealth. Do you want to talk about that a bit? Well, yeah, what, what you're essentially seeing here is a few big institutions at the top sweeping up assets for basically nothing. Uh, that were doing interesting or different things to them. Uh, you know, we've just seen Buffett flew in an, a number of regional bank CEOs into Omaha over the weekend. Uh, you know, you know that they're going to be talking about some sort of uh, financing deal or some sort of uh, preferred equity deal, uh, where he's going to be picking up these banks at attractive prices and making sure that there, you know, there aren't runs on it. And obviously, he is the the person to instill confidence in this time. Obviously, because what he did uh, in the uh, GFC. So, uh, but what I see here is is actually these bigger banks are just eating eating everyone's deposits, and that actually might make them extremely profitable for longer. They might actually become more profitable in the interim um, because they have all these deposits and you have higher rates. Wow, that's true. That is true. I mean, with the banks, my biggest fear was, um, you know, like with um, First Republic having to cut their dividend, then you probably would see that the earnings would take a hit. So, you know, I was cautious. You know, I I definitely took uh, some participation on the long side after, you know, you had a backstop, but cautious to hold it because, you know, a lot of people are kind of in that idea from 08 where, you bought Citibank at two bucks. They did a reverse split. Then you rode the stock all the way back up to 50 bucks. But I, I don't think with regional banks, that's how it's going to play. Potentially some opportunity for some mergers, you know, a yeah. couple of them coming together. Uh, that's an idea. Uh, but of course, yeah, I mean, it's most likely that these big, big conglomerates just eat the and the funny thing is is they're because of the runs on these regional banks they're not having to buy the toxic assets they're actually just taking too. deposits mm-hmm. they're literally rather than having to take with the deposit base you know they are at and the loan book they're actually just getting all the deposits and then basically letting these regional banks hold the bag on all these all these shitty assets and then um palming them off onto the Fed, essentially. Right back to the deposit window. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I mean, you've got it spot on. Uh, I I agree with that same opinion. Um, You know, to the audience, I wish that, I don't wish, we're going to have a follow-up. If you've been following uh, me and Charlie's dialogue, we generally will have like a part one, two or three and a lot of things that we discuss. But we wanted to discuss this because, you know, Bitcoin running up in this way um, and then these outlier trades, this is a big deal right now uh, for those who can understand it. And we want to interpret it to all those who are clients and all those who are followers that um, that run up should be discussed again. And I, and I stamp it that I am, you know, I'm not a person who likes Bitcoin at all. Um, but I cannot deny the fact that, just as Charlie said, uh, the maximalists kind of, it kind of proved their point here. <laughs> as, as, as zany as I have found a lot of them to be, and no, no offense to anyone who's listening to this, who is a maximalist, uh, you have proven your point 
uh, to what was pulled off in this banking system uh, th- these past week, week and a half. So, you know, I, I, I must acknowledge yeah. you to make this to be a true uh, podcast that actually looks at things from all all sides. That's right. So it's a, you know, it's a good place to kind of leave this uh, episode and um, basically kind of tease what's going to happen over the next six months. And uh, as these outliers uh, unfold uh, and potential risks unfold, we'll, we'll probably discuss them in real time uh, and have a couple of kind of preceding episodes uh, moving on from here. But what we're saying is it's hunting season and you can hunt in all sorts of places and there are going to be some really wild moves. Yes, I agree. Charlie, I, I thank you for coming back on. Uh, we look forward to hearing from you in the next few weeks because who knows what's coming down the pike. <laughs> and I, I actually, the day that we do potentially see this rug pull, because, you know, again, sorry to the maximalist, but I highly believe that um, the consigliaries within the, uh, the crypto space will rug pull this situation and it will be supported by actions in, done by the Fed. Um, we are definitely going to be back on this episode. <laughs> hate to hate to do another. I told you so, but I I can just see it happening. There's so much velocity of money moving into that crypto space, so much velocity of buying that it is like it is just prime for the taking for a a short to just cascade and pull the rug from under this whole thing. So thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for tuning in uh, to this other episode of Trade Talk here. I highly appreciate you guys. Um, check out the next episodes that are coming up. LA Echo out. Thank you again, Charlie, for coming on. Take care, guys.